welcome to Atari Bytes, the show where we take a bite out of the story within a classic Atari 2600 game and see if that story bites us back. My name is Bill. This is episode 220. Thanks for listening. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. To week 807 of Atari Pandemic. Hope everybody's doing okay out there. Clearly, you've got time to listen to podcasts, so thanks for letting this be one of them. The kids and I are enjoying some family time because we haven't had any of that. In the last month, I'll and go back to school. we're here. And Henry really wants to go back to school. That's Henry, by the way. Hi, Henry. School is more fun than this. Hear I that? I like to stay home and watch whatever I want. But school, at school, you're actually doing something all day. Well, yeah, it's a little more structured, and there's more people around, and you got things going on. What about you, Sophie? You want to go back to school? Um. It's a school district. We'll decide what they're going to do for what the teachers are going to do for like teaching and stuff, like home teaching. It would be great because then we'd act, but we probably wouldn't do it all day. Well, yeah, so our school district is closed. It's uh, early April now. They're trying to decide what they want to do for for, like homeschooling and stuff. And if they're going to do it, and if they're going to do like school over like Skype or Zoom or something. So they're going to be out for at least another. As you're hearing, it's another couple, two, three weeks. Probably going to do some homeschooling once they get uh, the curriculum in place. Sophie, in the meantime, is busy with driver's ed. How's driver's ed, Sophie? I'm done. You're done? You know everything about driving now? Yep. No, she doesn't. Look out on the roads, everybody. I can't drive yet. You've done the classroom part. You haven't done the driving part of driver's ed yet because pandemic. So uh, someday you'll get to do the driving part. Someday Henry will get to go to school. Someday I'll shave again. Ew. Ew. So, I'm working on my crappy pandemic beard right now. You should go. That's my big project. Some people, some should, people are learning a language. You should go. You should go a giant lumberjack beard. Maybe I will, depending like, on how long this lasts. Big bushy beard and put braids in it. That would be sweet. And then put pieces of cloth on the end of the uh, braids so that I'm fire like black like blackbeard. Black? I watched a Who Was episode on Netflix about that. Blackbeard the pirate. Arr, matey. Sophie, don't make that face. He had long hair. Can I wear an eye patch, too? <laughs> he, had the, he, had long, he had long hair and a long, big beard. And he, he, he put cloth on the... He, like, split them... Made, like, a bunch of ponytails and put cloth on the end of them. And he, he put a bunch of ponytails, like, a bunch of ponytails on his, on his beard and on his hair. And then he, tie, he tied... He tied cloth around it and he lit on fire to it. And he lit them on fire to, to um, um, what is it called? I don't know. Like when you do something to make, to make your other, to make the person you're fighting again do something. And to smoke them out? To intimidate. To smoke them out? To intimidate them. Yeah? Okay, what are you Well, I could, about? I could be a pirate. I have a tri-corner hat like the pirates wear somewhere. I do. I have a, I have it. Tri-corners hat, and it's at, and it actually looks like a pirate hat. Sweet. Okay, what are we talking We're going to wear our tri-corner hats now, Sophie. Do you have one? What's that? You're not even listening. <laughs> pirate hats. We're going to wear pirate hats from now on. No. Oh, there's Henry. Henry just had his, like, right at hand. You're not growing a beard, and you're not wearing I gotta a pirate i got to go find hat. my tri-corner hat. He already has a beard. I wish I could, like, we could, like, pause recording so I could go find my tri-corner hat. I think I know it is. <laughs> Henry's on his way. Before this show is over, I may have a tri-corner hat on my head. That's the kind of quality programming you list, you 
you tune in for. We're supposed to be talking about carnivals. If you're not already subscribing to the Patreon, if nothing will convince you. Are you kidding? No, he didn't. It's three quarters. That's that's not what I meant, but I'll wear it. That's like a cowboy hat. It's a tricorder hat. You people that can't see this, he has brought me a fedora. That is not a fedora. I'll keep looking. That is a jazzed up cowboy hat. I like this hat. Cowboy hats are that. Let's get on with things. You know, that covers up all your brown hair, so now all you can see is your gray hair. (laughs) That's pretty funny. (laughs) Sophie's hilarious. You should have a podcast. I should. People would listen to my podcast. They would have the time of their lives on my podcast. And when we were supposed to be talking about carnivals, we wouldn't be talking about fedoras, cowboy hats, and pirate hats. Well, let's ask the listeners. Who would listen to Sophie's podcast? Everybody. Where where she whines about my podcast. That's a tricorner hat. All right, whatever. This is a fedora. Sure, why not? That is also just a jazzed up cowboy hat. All right, well, this has been Hat Talk. For this week. Maybe we should make that a new series in your podcast. Every week we talk about different hats. Well, people were looking for a segment that I could do on the show, since I don't don't do the Mad Mike segments anymore. No, put it on. Why don't you do Mad Mike segments anymore? Oh, that's right. You guys haven't been here for a while. Mad Mike's kind of dead. What? Yeah. Uh, Did he blow up his rock ship when he tried to do it again? Honestly, yeah. That's actually what happened. He was filming a launch for a TV show, and something went wrong with the parachute. And it ripped, and he crashed, uh, and he died. It's been a month or so. Jeez. Yeah. Was that in the, was that in the news? Yeah. Did you watch it? No, I didn't. I didn't see it, but I read about it, and I talked. I told these guys on the podcast that that's what happened. So, I don't have a segment for the top of the show. So maybe a hat talk is as good as anything. Just tune in next week for a hat talk. All right. <laughs> Okay, now to the actual thing we were going to talk about today. <laughs> Guest host, chill out. Guest host who's going to take over your podcast. I had something else I wanted to talk about. If of course got, you did. i got to find it. You talk about a lot of things. So this is a jacked up cowboy hat. That's just a cowboy hat with flowers on it. But it's jazzed up. Good point, that's just one. That's just one color. Keep talking. I'm looking for something. Can I talk in my secret language? Uh, sure. Alright, so there's an article on fortune.com posted on March 30th. Headline, a startup is building computer chips using human neurons. Wait, what? I know, I don't, I have no understanding of what you just said. This Australian company is building miniature brains using real neurons out of real human brains attached so the, to the computer chips. Brains. Well, not exactly. They're taking neurons out of brains That's and attaching them to computer chip. Wait, I, was, I watched a YouTube video once about like what it might be like in the future and in one in in one of the ways that it, it said in, that it said the future that it said what it might be like in the future is is um is taking is taking a a person's thoughts is taking a person's thoughts and and skills and stuff and attaching it to, to a computer and then making a robot out of that so they live forever. Yeah, that's kind of what we're talking about. So this company... What, are they dead people? This, no, this company is trying to teach these mini brains to perform the same task that software-based artificial intelligence can, but at a fraction of the energy consumption. 
they're working on getting the mini brain. So far, they have the processing power of like a dragon dragonfly brain. And they're trying to teach it, get this, to play the old Atari game, Pong. The reason for that is, Pong was among the early Atari games that DeepMind, the London-based AI company known for its work with artificial neuron networks, software that in some ways mimics the functioning of human neurons, first used to demonstrate the performance of its AI algorithms in 2013. So that's pretty cool. Although it's also, Pong aside, it's also the plot of Star Trek Picard. If any of you guys have been watching Star Trek Picard, right, we already know what can happen when you try to make uh, artificial intelligence using human components, right? Right, guys? No. I've watched a few episodes. I could not get my kids excited about Star Trek Picard. I watched it, I've watched a few episodes. Henry's seen some of it, yeah. So that's kind of scary. If the world wasn't scary enough right now, these people are actively being artificial humans. They've already built that one robot. She was on the Today Show. Don't call Savannah Guthrie a robot. That's not no. nice. No! Her name was like Sophia or something. Savannah Guthrie, if you're listening, and I know you are, I was just kidding. Savannah Guthrie would listen to my podcast. Hoda See? Kotfi would listen to my podcast. No, she would Clearly, we've Art- all been home a lot See, lately. Artists would, artists would listen to my podcast because it would be about art. Henry would do a pod, uh, an art and podcast, I get, and I would get Benjamins coming in hot. But the Benjamin, the Benjamins would, come, would be coming in so hot, and that the people who give me the Benjamins would have to coat them in fire. <coughs> would have to coat them in fire in a fireproof coating so they won't catch on fire. I'll get a five thousand square foot pool. I'll get a five thousand square foot pool in my twenty three point five million dollar mansion. And the whole pool would be filled with money. It would be not money, not just money, not just any money. Benjamins. Because, as we know, the Benjamins would be coming in hot. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And they'll be covered in fireproof coating so they won't catch on fire. Because that's just a waste of good Benjamins. Well, yeah, you don't want to waste the Benjamins. Okay. Well. Anyway. On that note, let's get on to this week's game. <laughs> Hey, future Bill here. I saw one more thing in the news that I thought might be interesting uh, to you folks, and I wanted to get this out before next week uh, in case any of you in the Portland, Oregon area want to take advantage of this. There is a place called Quarter World. It's an arcade that has a ton of video games and pinball machines, but like many other businesses right now, they can't operate. So what they've done is they have made their pinball machines available to rent. The owner was worried about, obviously, making money, but also what his staff was going to do. So he was able to hire back uh, a number of his delivery people to deliver and set up pinball machines for people, I assume just in the Portland area, to have uh, their very own real live pinball machine in their house for a month during the uh, pandemic. And I just think that's very cool. The prices uh, range, I think, anywhere from 100 to 300 bucks for the month, which sounds a little steep, but on the other hand, I mean, if you're really into pinball and it's for a month, that, I guess, per day doesn't, doesn't sound too bad. They quote uh, Bowden as the guy's name. Logan Bowden, Quarter World, Arcade, Quarter World Arcade's Director of Operations. We have an obligation to Portland and the community to shut down to do our part. That was a hard call last week. We are in the unique position to be able to offer a little bit of entertainment for those four weeks when you're at home. If you can take the time, that time to get better at your pinball game, hey, we're here to help. Games bring a lot of joy to people, and we're glad we can assist in that. 
month-long rentals with delivery and installation included range from $100 to $300. You can get a Big Buck World for $200 a month. Dr. Mario is $175. Uh, the company's Facebook page, and again, that's called Quarter World, has uh, an updated list of games that are available. Two teams of truck drivers were kept busy uh, with runs on a day in the recent week, as I'm recording this, uh, driving to Carnus, Gresham, and throughout Portland. Games get a heavy Lysol treatment before being delivered by workers wearing masks and gloves. When the arcade closed, Quarter World went from about 48 employees to a dozen retaining primarily the technicians and those who deliver the machines. Bowden is planning to bring the laid-off workers back when there's a place to bring them back to. We're taking it day by day. It's scary. We don't know what's going to happen. But just remember to look out for one another. Wash your hands. There's a light at the end of the tunnel, and we'll get there. Um, that's very cool. If anyone lives in the Portland area and has been to this place, let us know what you think of it, especially if you've rented one of the pinball machines, because that sounds very cool. All right. Back to the show as it was originally recorded. This week's game is... Carruthers, I yearn for the hunt. No more adventure. No challenge. I got it, Uncle. It's Carnival, the ultimate challenge. Bears, wild rabbits, and a bullet-eating duck. Bullet-eating duck. Carnival, the home video game that plays just like the arcade. Devilish duck. He's eating your ammo. Good show, Daphne. She bags the bag. Play Carnival on your ColecoVision Atari VCS or Intellivision game system. Your first trophy, Daphne. Carnival from Sega. 1980 arcade game, and then it was ported to the Atari yeah, and various other places. I want to see your eyes are so, yeah, Carnival, <clears throat> it's actually pretty self-explanatory when you turn the game on, but basically what you've got is a shooting gallery game. Step right up and prove your skill at hitting targets in this challenging Carnival shooting gallery. Take aim to build your score with careful choices of targets, but watch out for the bullet-eating ducks, because as we all know in nature, du- ducks love to eat the bullets. They turn into like gorilla thing when they come down to eat the bullets. Yeah. They kind of look like a gorilla. You think they kind of look? Well, you're the animation expert, Henry. Do they it, look like gorillas? It kind of looks like a gorilla, like a like a mix with a gorilla, something really fat and has wings. It looks like right. it looks like a gorilla coming down like this. Okay. Because I'm sure you can all see that. Yeah, that was helpful. Thank you, Sophie. You're welcome. Okay, so how do you start this game? Well, you make sure that your Atari is set this up is and connected to the TV. Can everybody well, that see, would help. Can everybody see this? Henry has written an important note. It says, Dad's podcast. All right. So we're using the joystick. Mine now? Yeah. Did you just do a pirate takeover of my podcast? Are you a pirate? Just, you used your pirate I'm an skills an, to I'm a take over animating my... Pirate. You're an animating pirate? No, pirate? I'm an animating pirate. I'm an animating pirate that animates... You, I'm an animating pirate that animates other pirates. You've been dabbling in animation lately. You could make an animation of me doing a podcast. I feel like this podcast are already so much longer when we're here. <laughs> Sophie's in pace. Sophie's really only that, here because she wants to tell a story about I, this game. I so could she's do that. waiting not so patiently for that part of the show. Alright, so we're using the joystick for this game and you can play one or two player. You can play two player? Yeah, it's one of those where you alternate turns, I believe. So, you make points by firing bullets at the moving targets, which include owls, rabbits, ducks, and extra bullet box. And those gorilla champ- chimpanzee <clears throat> things. Right. Uh, but be careful how you aim, because the bullet supply is limited. 
Wait, I'll do the same thing there. Gorillas and I said gorillas and chimpanzees are two different things. <coughs> But they're not because they're both right. apes because I have no so, deal. So there's a little chart in the manual that shows you what the screen looks like. You've got the player's score at the top, uh, some pipes right below that, the plus or minus target. We'll explain that in a second. You've got the uh, layout of the various ducks and owls and whatnot. Uh, your gun there at the bottom of the screen. Can everybody see in the back over the top of your corona masks? I can, I'm right. here, but I can't even see it because I'm moving on the back of a white paper. There you go. I can't read that. too small. And it's too far away. Can you complain about anything else? I think you can. Come on, complain about something else. Anyway, so the ducks that you don't hit will fly down from uh, to the bottom row and eat 10 I of your bullets. A, not all of them. Only some of them turn into those. Well, yeah, they kind of take turns. So, special strategy. Make sure you use up at least 8 bullets before hitting the extra bullet target. Your bullet supply can never show more than 40 bullets. 8 on-target hits clear the pipes from the screen. Hit the same color pipes with the two consecutive the shots, question. and you get four times the pipe score. Yes. I want to know who counts the who counts the bullets when they shoot them. Computer. Uh, no, like the no the little man inside the computer. Yes. Like the person that's playing. Some artificial intelligence who, that that Australian company. Who would be playing the game? That game, counting the bullets as they shoot them. I feel like you would be more focused on your timing and your score than counting the bullets. Oh, that just adds an extra level of difficulty. And I was, I was, be I was better at the game at that game than you two. Even though I got a little score, because it stopped giving me those extra bull, those extra bullets. In. I was better at it than you well, two, even though I got the least points. That's part of the strategy. That's why you got to use up I at least eight bullets. Points. You were in the two thousand. Before you hit the extra bullet targets, because you only get so many. Eight on-target hits clear the pipes from the screen. Hit the same colored pipes with the two consecutive shots, and you get four times the pipe score value. They just, they just stopped giving it to you. And the idea... You're not supposed to stop giving them. That's part of the game. You run out. You only get so many. So that's oh, why no, you got to save them. They're not supposed to stop giving you the extra... But can score extra points or bullets by hitting the plus or minus target with the plus when the plus sign shows. If the minus sign is showing when the target is hit, you lose bullets. So that might have been part of the problem too, Henry. You were losing bullets. I never hit that. Clear the raft of all the moving targets and pipes to move on to the next higher level of gameplay. The game ends when the last bullet is fired. To replay, because everybody would want to replay, simply press the game reset button. Points scored for each target are listed according to level of play. Points range anywhere from like 60 points in level one for the top row, up to 200 points. Uh, for pipes in any of the levels. After you clear the gallery, 50 points are added to your score for each bullet remaining at the top of the screen. The maximum number of bullets you can have it, and the bullet supply is 40. We said that already. This instruction booklet will provide the basic information you need to get started <coughs> playing, but it's only the beginning. You'll find that the cartridge is full of special features to make Carnival exciting every time you play. Experiment with the different <coughs> techniques and enjoy the game. If any of you knows what other, any of this other uh, special surprises stuff are in this game, let me know. And that is how you play Carnival. Carnival! Is it story time? Nope. When is story time? When I what? play the story time theme. Well, when are you going to do that? When it's time. Editing. When is it time? When I say it's time. When are you going to say what it's time? What are we doing now? When it's time. What are we doing now? This is so familiar. <laughs> so the video game critic only gives Carnival a C grade. I'm sorry to say that this version of Carnival can't hold a candle those, to the arcade game. What do those letter ranks or grades mean? That's what I just said. You know how letter no, what grades do they work. Mean? You know how letter grades work. Oh, like school? Yeah. Oh. 
So a C is just average. No, actually I don't. In elementary school, they only give out E's, M's, um, P's, and B's. So I have no idea what the other things are. So the reviewer likes the graphics. They're bright and colorful. The clank when you hit a target uh, is satisfying. It's a unique game. You can shoot the ducks and the owls, etc. But the gameplay is lackluster. For one thing, the targets are huge in comparison to the arcade game. It's hard not to hit them. The ducks that attempt to swoop down and eat into your bullet supply are easy to pick off. On the other hand, the rotating pipes at the top screen are frustratingly difficult to hit. Yes, Henry. We are talking about what other people thought of this game. The lack of music is bad, which I noted in the field report. But a more unforgivable omission is the absence of the memorable shoot the bear bonus stage. This was always my favorite part of the arcade game. Either I didn't hear the music, or I There was no music, Henry. What? That's what he's saying, and that's what I said, too, in the field report. There's no music. Oh, I thought you said the music was bad. Just an average grade from them. He said the lack of music was bad. So. The fact that there is no music is bad, and I agree. They should add some, like, 80s rock. They need some 80s rock music. Woodrain Wonderland. Too many people in the past and today have thought it unnecessary to read the instructions for supposedly oh-so-simple Atari games. That's a mistake. I have tried to get some enjoyment out of Carnival in the past to no avail. That is, until I finally read the manual and realized I was missing entire objectives from the game. I didn't know you were supposed to shoot the pipes at the top of the screen. What Carnival. Do do? He's telling you. Carnival is a simulation of an old-fashioned shooting gallery with the added challenge of ducks actually flying towards you to steal your bullets. So um, Carnival, is a, do they just have a bunch of ducks that fly towards you and take, a, take you? Well, yeah, you saw the game, Henry. No, like actual carnivals? Yeah. Like an actual real-life carnivals? Fans of the arcade game tend to dislike this version, mainly due to the relative ease of play. But I can attest, the reviewer says, that it isn't the most challenging game around, but the difficulty escalates after a while. Overall, not a bad, but not great game. He also gives it a C grade. All right. I don't know what a C is. C is just, just average. Just okay. After the break, join us in a carnival-like atmosphere of glee. It's better than the real world right now. Pretty typical carnival behavior. I take the kids somewhere, they don't want to do anything. Alright, Henry has started playing Carnival from Coleco. He is massacring the ducks. Wiped out the bunnies, there go the owls. Um, what do we think of the look of this game? Sophie? I mean, they look like ducks and bunnies and owls. Well, they do look like what they're supposed to look like. Um, colors are bright. It doesn't really scream carnival to me. It just kind of looks like you're shooting at animals. Kinda, except they're not in moving poses, right? They're just kind of standing, moving on like a conveyor belt kind of thing. I don't totally understand the pipes at the top. I don't. Quite, what? I know you're supposed to shoot the pipes, but I don't really understand what that represents in the carnival. And we're taking another crap at it. Um, he just replenished his bullets. Um, it's a really, really simple game. 
but I guess it kind of works. Right? I don't like it. Sophie doesn't like it. Why don't you like it? It's boring. Why is it boring? Because all you're doing is shooting at animals, and that's mean. They're not real animals, dude. They're in a shooting gallery at a carnival. It doesn't even look like a carnival. Well, that's kind of my only thing. It doesn't... I'm not really getting a carnival vibe off of it. I guess I know that's what it's supposed to be, but... I don't know, they could jazz it up or have some carnival music in the background or something. Seems to me, but, you know. Alright, Henry, finish this round and we'll uh, get on with the rest of the show. The gun at the bottom took me a long time to figure out how it looks like a gun. I guess it kind of looks like a pistol. It looks like one of those things you get at the mall that like your kids sit in and it has a little flag on the back. Okay. That's what it looks like. Alright. You know those little race car thingies? Oh, yeah. Mostly just the owls left, Henry. Oh, there's a duck. 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 Pig. Goose. Surely you've played that game. Yeah. Yeah. There's no pig. It's a goose. <laughs> Alright. Mine was right there. And yep. I took my, mine was right there and I took one shot and it said I had no ammo. Life is unfair, Henry. That's the lesson there. Back to you in the studio. Hey everyone, this is Michael, one of the hosts of the Atari XEGS Cart by Cart podcast. Do you like Atari? Of course you do. What about the 8-bit computer line? It was one of the best. Well, how about you consider joining Bill, David, Kieran, and myself as we review the cartridge-based games for Atari's 8-bit computer line. We also review budget games which are mostly released only in the UK. But that's not all. We also dig up game history, share personal experiences, and perform questionable comedy. You'll get all of that and for free just by listening to us on either iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Player FM, or from our website at xegs8bit.com. That's x-e-g-s, the number 8, bit.com. And when you're done listening, please send us your hate mail, because we really need the feedback so we know someone is tuning in. Hey, it's me, Bill, your host, the guy you've been listening to this whole episode. Do you enjoy the stories I write and read to you every week on this podcast, but you feel like you just need a break from my voice? I get it. My family does sometimes, too. Here's an option. Some of the stories from the show are now collected in a volume titled Misery Banana, Very Short Stories Inspired by Old Games and Odd Thoughts. You can order it wherever you like to order books. I hope you'll check it out. Thanks. So, here's the thing about Carnival. Do we like Carnival? No. Maybe. Sophie's a very emphatic no. We'll start there. Why no so emphatically? It's so boring. So you wouldn't even give it a C? No. It gets an F minus. F minus? That's, That's like peppermint patty grade. Yeah. Why, why? Even I don't Speaking use... of peppermint patty, if you want to know all these Charlie Brown and his friends, go listen to my dad's other podcast. It's a podcast, Charlie Brown. Nice. He just well did, done. He just did an interview with peppermint patty. little preview for uh, this month's It's a Podcast, Charlie Brown. Uh, I do. I interviewed Jeannie Holtzman, who is a, who was one of the voices of peppermint patty in the past. So uh, look for that on your podcast newsstand. Anyway, what do we think about Carnival? Sophie hates it. Why do you hate it? 
It's boring, and it doesn't look like a carnival <laughs> game at all. It just looks like you're shooting innocent animals that have none. This is an old to toy you. game. Okay, I'm gonna explain this it's one more time. They're not real animals. They're fake animals in a shooting gallery. Except it doesn't look like a shooting gallery. Silence. So that's your issue with it. It doesn't really look to you like a carnival shooting gallery. No. What could they do to make it better? It looks like um, on Oregon Trail when they go out and have to hunt the animals to get food. Like, that's or- what it looks like. Oregon like Trail's a good game. Like Teen Titans one? Sure. Where Robin goes crazy with the shotgun and kills more animals than he needs to. Yeah, he's only need, yeah, he only needs one buffalo. Wow. And he kills like 10 of those and like a bunch like squirrels and stuff. I don't remember that Teen Titans. Then you must have we must have gotten it because we watched we watched so much Teen Titans. We do watch a lot of Teen Titans. Okay, can I tell you why I said maybe? Yes. So Henry, why do, are you just a maybe on this game? Any game, character. <coughs> well, maybe I tell you, I would like better. I would like to get the game better if whoever made could find me go could find me a treasure and I give them a hint. They can't see me. I give them a hint. It's something off the coast. So Pirate Henry with his tricorner hat is covering his eye with a fake pirate patch, <laughs> eye patch, and he was describing his wishy-washiness at this game. His wishy-washiness? Sure. My treasure's off. My treasure's off in the middle of the ocean somewhere. <coughs> In the middle of the Atlantic Ocean, I'm not giving you any more. You should call Josh Gates from Expedition Unknown, and he could come find it for you. He's stuck at home. We don't have a podcast for that, so I can't say anything for that one. All right. So, for me, the game gets pretty boring pretty fast. It does. Um, My understanding, I don't remember ever playing the arcade version of Carnival, but my understanding is that that was a pretty challenging game. I don't have any understanding of an actual Carnival to relate. I feel like you've kind of done it. Within the next couple, within the first couple of minutes, you've kind of played the game, and you're just kind of there. Within the first, when you first um, turn it on, you played the game. Yeah, so uh, I don't know if there's a whole lot of replay you, value for first, me. When you first turn it on, you see the computer playing the game, so you know. That so said. You know it's gonna be it's gonna be boring. So that said, you do get what's advertised on the on the box on the cartridge, right? It's a shooting gallery game, so. Uh, that's what they promised. So I guess you do get that. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know if this is a game I will play a whole lot. So there you go. For whatever that's worth. Story time? Insert the story time theme. Yay! It's story time on Atari Bites. Yes, it's story, 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 story time with Bill. You are ready for my story. I have a story because I've never been to an actual carnival to relate. Well, Sophie's gonna. Sophie's gonna explode. So, would you like to tell your story? Yes. The floor is yours. All right. So, there's this. We're at a carnival, and you know how all those foods in the carnival are, like, fried and stuff? Except for the cotton candy, as my dad has pointed out multiple times. No, I did. Whatever. I still think we saw something on Cartoon Network, or Cartoon Network, Food Network, where they they fried cotton candy. I think it was on, like, the... They did? I think it was on, like, Chops or Cookie Competition, where they had to use, like, like, fried cotton candy. No, it was it cotton candy, and she put it over her dish, and then she got, like, one of those torches and, like, burned the cotton well, that's candy n- up. that's not okay. fried. 
<laughs> anyway. Anyway. So it's all fried and stuff, and there's this oh, food god. This food god up in the sky, and use your imagination with any food you hate. I thought um, it was a fried food god. We can put a pickle up there, because I don't like pickles. But use your imagination, be creative. So you don't like food, Henry. <coughs> and the food god is like this robot dude. He's like a mad scientist, evil genius food robot thing. And he doesn't like that at the carnival, there is a bunch of people eating fried foods. And because all his buddies are getting fried and eaten. So, no. So he turns all the fried foods into robots and has them revolt against the carnivalers. I have two questions. And the... Um, the food that are not fried, he turns into robots anyways to help the fried foods revolt against the carnivores. The end. I have two questions. Uh, go ahead, Henry. Henry has two questions. Well, I have one question and one thing to say. The thing I want to say is, when you were, when you were explaining the story to us the other day, you made the food guy more things than he originally was. And yeah, that's my question. The question is, how did the food god turn the fried foods and the foods that weren't fried into robots? Like, did, did he just say something to wave his hands and then just pop? And then, and there was a pop and a flash and there were robots? Survey? Yes. Yes? Yes. Just your summary answer to all of that is just yes? Yes. I want a five-page essay, I want a five-page essay on that. Use your um, imagination. All right. Well, Henry, would you like to tell a story? I don't have a story. I can't relate to anything because then it would have been after Kono. Yes, you have. You just don't remember it. All right. Well, my story this week is titled Second Duck on the Right. Crap, Billy Bisquin, seventh grader, said when his buddy Emily's turn at the Plunka Duck was over. <laughs> Again, with no prize. Emily Fallon got $20 from her mother when they arrived at Carson Carnival, which had rolled into town just yesterday. She had burned through all but three of it when the Plunkaduck shooting at the Plunkadunk shooting gallery. These damn ducks just wouldn't fall. Hey, hey, language, Cal gently scolded. <laughs> this here's a family spot, you know. He chuckled a dry, raspy laugh. He didn't have a cigarette in his mouth, but likely there was one not far away. Emily looked at Mr. Bird, a three-foot-tall pink-and-gold stuffed toy parrot on the top prize shelf. Emily had earned enough tickets throughout the carnival before lunch that she had a shot, no pun intended, at winning the bird. All she had oh, to, I get it. All she had to do was take down the duck take down the ducks in the shooting gallery. Emily really wanted that bird. I she, like birds. she looked at the last three dollars in her hand. No way would she get more money. With a sigh, she told her friends, Let's just go. Ah oh, man, Billy groaned. Brenda just shrugged. She really didn't care one way or the other, frankly. The three started to walk away. Cal saw his day's, his day's take ebbing, and the carny kicked it into gear. Hold on, hold on, Cal said. Ladies and gentlemen, don't get discouraged. I heard this game was rigged, Billy sneered. Billy, Brenda scolded. Nah, it's cool, Cal said. People say stuff like that all the time, but the truth is... He squinted intently and pointed at each of the kids. The truth is, it's a tough game. Don't feel bad. I've been doing this a long time, and I've only known one kid who could beat this game. Cal got a dreamy look in his eye, staring off into space 
uh, or into the deep-fried thing stand where Greta was doing amazing things with the pickle. Emily and her friends were halfway to the Tilt-A-Whirl when Tal snapped out of his reverie and called them back. You're not giving up already, are you? Cal said. Emily shrugged. Gotta go, mister. Come on, Cal said. One more try. Emily looked at her friends. Brenda shrugged. Billy was all like, I want to ride the puke rocket. But Emily didn't like giving up. As if reading her mind, Cal said, You know, I knew another kid like you. He didn't want to give up either. He didn't want to give up neither. Emily took a few steps back toward the plunk duck stand. You did? She said. Cal scratched at the, at the white on his whiskered chin. Second duck on the right. That's what did you in, eh? Emily glanced at the faded blue duck in the third row, second from the right. Chips of paint from age and better the shots than Emily splayed across the duck's wing. The duck's smile wasn't faded, though. Darn it. Cal walked up to the duck, flicked away a speck of chipped paint. Then he turned to the kid standing by the line of air rifles. Stan was a crack shot with an air rifle, he said. Stan? Emily said. Yeah, it was my first year with the carnival, Cal said. Oh, that was a long time ago. I started mopping puke out of the floor of the silly silo, but I used my brakes to go out to the midway, grab a corn dog, and watch the barkers hustle the crowd. Brenda was confused. Hustle? So it is a trick, Billy said. I knew it. Cal smiled, gestured widely. No, my friends. Games of chance, all of these. None more so than the shooting gallery, and there was one kid better than the rest. Propane or air, BB or buckshot. Stan had been to every carnival that ever showed up in the county from the time he could see over the railing of the shooting gallery booth. And from the time he could lift an air rifle, it was as natural as... It was nat as natural in his hand as, I don't know, one of you kids with a game joystick or something. What's a joystick? Billy said. Before Cal could answer, Emily asked, So what did he do? Stan. Do? Cal asked. About the ducks. Oh, right, Cal said. Anyway, this one day, Stan spent like an hour on the plunket duck, and every time that, that same duck, Cal paused and pointed at the second duck on the right, this one. That same duck stymied Stan every time. So what did he do? Emily asked. Well, Cal said, I don't know if I should tell you that. There was a twinkle in his eye. I mean, you did quit and all. Emily looked at her friends. Billy looked impatient. Brenda just looked bored. Emily slapped down her last three dollars. In a fluid gesture, Cal scooped up the three bills, reset the guns and the ducks Emily had managed to hit in her prior go-round, all right, back in the saddle. Good for you. Wait, Billy said. You gotta tell her how that kid Stan beat the ducks. You promised, Brenda said, suddenly engaged. So I did, Cow said. Well, here's what happened. And I'm still amazed by this. I... Nah, it's too crazy. You can't do it. What? What? Emily said, leaning forward. <clears throat> you promised, Billy repeated. Okay, Cow said. Stan stepped up to the railing, picked up an air rifle took aim and closed his eyes and then pulled the trigger. Closed his eyes? Brenda said, displaying previously unknown depths of incredulity. He shot a gun with his eyes closed? <coughs> Cal waved his hands. I know, it sounds crazy, but Stan had something in him. The determination in that boy's eyes, well, seeing that stony face made me drop my frozen banana. It was something. 
that boy believed he could hit that duck more than any person has ever believed anything. He was determined. He felt it. And you can feel it too. I know you can. Wow, Emily said, despite herself. Oh, come on, Brenda said, enjoying her newfound attitude. Emily, though, gritted her teeth, picked up the air rifle, and took aim. Cal, for his part, stepped well off to the side of the shooting range. Emily closed her eyes and fired. Once, twice, three times. She didn't come close to hitting anything. The three kids left, maybe three levels smarter, but certainly three dollars poorer. Cal, even on a slow midweek rainy day at the carnival, was three dollars richer. And the universe was as it always has been. I still get my cut, right? said the second duck on the left. Of course, same split as usual. And that's our show. Thanks to my guests' hosts, Henry and Sophie. You guys have nothing to say? Um, have a nice day. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas? I know, I know, I know, I know. And happy Hanukkah. Oh, yes. Happy Hanukkah and happy Kwanzaa. Thanks to Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com for Creative Commons use of his songs, Reformat, Take a Chance, and Pinball Spring. Thanks to Sean Courtney for the Storytime theme. Wait, Sean made your Storytime theme? Yes. Hi, Sean. Hi, Sean. Make sure you get all your Apple Podcasts ducks in a row and fire off a five-star <laughs> podcast review for your best pal, this show. It's way better than a teddy bear, and it helps Apple Podcasts help other people to find this show. Email the show at AtariBytes2016 at gmail.com. Like the show on our Facebook page. Follow the show on Twitter at AtariBytes. Or follow me personally at Carnival of Glee. And check us out on Instagram where occasionally there is stuff. What? It's Carnival of Glee and we just play the game about a carnival. Holy crap. Yeah! Don't forget you can call and leave us a voicemail too. I'm never ever going to answer the phone if you call, but... Uh, you're free to leave a message, 563-265-1978. Uh, leave a message about anything you want, frankly, and there's a pretty good chance that I'll play it on the show. But he's not going to actually answer it. Nope, not going to answer it. Never going to get to talk to me. But you can leave a message that I will share with the world. You're so rude. Check out the website, carnival, www.carnivalofgleecreations.com. You can find their information and links to episodes and social media and whatnot for this show, Atari Bytes as well as for my other podcast, which we've already plugged. It's a podcast, Charlie Brown. Uh, all of that right there in one place on that website, as well as uh, information about books that I've written and links to some of the places you can order those books, like Misery Banana, very short stories inspired by old games and odd thoughts. You can also support the show financially by subscribing on the Patreon. Your financial help helps keep the lights on here in the podcast studio, and it just means the world to me. You can become a subscriber on the Atari Bytes Patreon page. Links to that in the show notes. And if you do, you can join the fabulous Patreon subscribers that are already sitting over there waiting for you to come. Michael Tyler, Jose Cazeta, Sean Courtney, and Aerospike. They're having fun, but frankly, they're getting bored of each other. They are not so uh, quarantined by themselves over there, so you are free to join them if you wish. You can also pick up Go Play Some Old Games They've Missed You, Shirts and Mugs, at the zazzle.com ab underscore pod underscore store store someday that store will be updated with new stuff but that day is not today all right next time on atari bytes 
a few weeks ago, I played AquaVenture. I think it was AquaVenture, which it turned out was inspired by a game called Fathom. And I liked AquaVenture, and I thought, I'd really like to play this game that inspired it, Fathom. So I went and found it, and I'm going to play it next week on the show. So join us for Fathom and the short story, which... You took which, your hats off. I just noticed that. Yes, Henry, I just took my hat off. Now I got Henry's hat. All right. So join me for Fathom and the story which which spurts forth from it like a geyser of water spurting forth from the blowhole of a... Beluga whale. Beluga whale. Thank you, Henry. That's what I was looking for. So until next time, go play some old games. They've missed you. Oh, 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 oh,